caught with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh -huh. Caught with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of Victory Monday, Super Bowl Victory Monday edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard, along with Scott Reynolds and the fearless Mark Cook, the one and only Mark Cook, the Super Bowl champion, Mark Cook. Mark, is that the best introduction you've ever gotten on this podcast? No. Well, it what? was the loudest. It was definitely was the one that, that blew my eardrums most out energetic. the most. most hey, I was going to say, how many Celsiuses have you had, John? I've actually, you... I've just started my first. I've just what? started my first. For Don't the believe yes. that. No. I've said that's the truth. Believe me, I should have had one earlier. A couple hours ago, you could have scraped me up off the floor, but I'm ready to go now because the Bucks are world champions. Scott Reynolds. How are you feeling today on those three hours of sleep? Um, well, I did not have a Celsius today. Uh, I did oh, not wow. enjoy this, but I'm having this orange sickle heat tomorrow because I'm working oh, out tomorrow. But listen, guys, I, it was a busy day at PeterReport.com. Tons of uh, post-game uh, coverage. We put up the mailbag. John, you had a column. I had the two-point conversion. We had other stories. Shaq Barrett wants to come back, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I had to get in a nap today. And the great thing about Celsius is it gives you energy. Like, like this is the this is the the antidote to naps. So I yes. couldn't take one of these and, and get a nap in. I only nap for about an hour, but um, but I'm definitely using this bad boy tomorrow. But uh, let's kick things off, uh, John, with uh, with a with a cool little Celsius promo, shall we? Ah, uh, Celsius. There we are. Stay active Ooh. and energized all day long with Celsius by your side. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. And as we've talked about for a long time, fellas, no crash. That's the best thing about this. You know why? Because there's no sugar, no preservatives in it. So it's it's about the cleanest, healthiest uh, energy drink that you can get. And uh, today is the last day for that sub Celsius subscribe and save offer on Amazon, 30% off. So that's it. If you want to know where you can find Celsius, go to pewterreport.com. Click on those Celsius banners. They'll take you right to Amazon where you can order uh, and, and get some sent right to your house and save money. Or you can also go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, and find the nearest Celsius outlet near you. Guys, lots to talk about. Uh, John, we had a very energetic podcast from midnight to one last night. Over 7,000 people it. <laughs> have, have already seen that that podcast um you know mark um you know john and i were, were kind of going crazy at ray j last night we were up in the press box you were actually in the stands uh, it was a really cool experience right because um um you know a, a lot of media outlet members because of the press box uh, being only so big you had a lot of tampa bay media outlets that that had to and even some national outlets that had to 
um, go into the stands and what they call the auxiliary press box. I've been there for a couple of Super Bowls that I've, I've covered, sat in the stands. So it's, it's a real cool atmosphere. They give you like a, an actual seat in the stands. You get to soak up all of the the uh, the ambiance, the entertainment. Uh, you're, you're right there in the thick of it with the fans. Now, not many fans last night, 25,000. But Mark set the stage. What was that like for someone who's grown up in this town? You were a Buccaneer fan. Um, just about since birth, you had your, your, your Buccaneer footy pajamas at what age six or seven? Uh, I was about eight or nine, but yeah, pretty soon. Okay. I, one of my first school pictures I have, I'm wearing a Buccaneer t- t-shirt. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a long, long, long ride. My dad and I, 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 my first Bucks game I watched was in 1977 and their second year was a Sunday afternoon, a late game. I, I didn't really know what football was, but, uh, I was learning those kind of things. My dad was watching the Bucks take on the Saints. Bucks went on the road, beat the Saints 33-14. I thought to myself, man, this is a pretty good football team. I like their uniforms. I think I'm going to be a football fan. Little did I know that was the first win in 27 tries for the Buccaneers. Little <laughs> did I know how much pain that team was going to cost me over the next 43 years. But uh, certainly they did. But you know what? Sitting in the stands and watching them literally hoist a Lombardi trophy, something that we've talked about and we've written about it, and it's kind of a figure of speech, right? Hoisting a Lombardi trophy. To see it in person actually happen, materialize before your eyes, um, makes some of those awful, awful years worth it. I saw Bo Jackson tell this team, screw you. I, I saw this team, um, you know, go go nine, go 10 and 6 and, and win the NFC or the NFC Central at the time in 79, uh, make it to the championship game, lose 9 nothing to the Rams to turn around and come back the next year and only be 5-10-1 that year. Um, yeah. The ups and downs, Doug Williams leaves. So, you know, all of those things um, were going through my mind as I was sitting in those stands and actually standing in the stands. I didn't sit a whole lot, to be honest with you. Uh, but anyway, it was just a tremendous, tremendous thing. Whatever you think the the atmosphere is like at a Super Bowl by watching it on television, it's just nothing like actually being there in person. So uh, yeah. thanks to the NFL, thanks to Pewter Report, thanks for everybody who made it possible for me to be able to, be, for me to, be able to attend that game. It was just a dream come true. It really was. Yeah, it was it was great up in the press box. I mean, we couldn't get the full experience of like the sound, the the crowd sound and everything. So I was excited. I actually got home last night around 2.30, 2.45, and I was like, all right, I gotta pop in some of the plays. So I like I, I put on the tape and I was watching some of the broadcasts at that point. The coach's tape wasn't up, and I was hearing the crowd. And man, it was just awesome to hear like a real crowd again. Like the broadcast would have been fun to watch too, I think, for those you know, fans who were watching it that way, man. I think it was it would have been pretty neat to see that type of experience too. And uh, yeah. as the Bucks started to pull away, get that feeling as the crowd seemed yeah, to yeah. that this was really going to happen after all this time, Scott. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you sat next to me in the press box, John, and um, you know, it's funny, Mark, I, I was, I was just thinking like before the podcast, right. I was, I was thinking about, you know, you, you and I've been covering this team together. I've been on this Bucks beat for 25 years. Wow. What it's what a 25th anniversary present yeah. for this guy right here. Right. But we've been on this thing for a decade or more. And, and uh, you know, here I'm thinking, you know, John's coming down from, from you know, Pittsburgh Steelers country thinking, playoffs, like, what's the big deal? Like, this is like, <laughs> yeah. like what's so cool about this, right? But it's like, um, I, I, I kept thinking back, and we, we mentioned it last night on, on the pod, John, that 2-14 and 14 Lovey Smith season, one of the worst seasons uh, I've, I've ever seen. And this was a guy supposed to – to be better and and restore some of the glory, right? Right. From 
from from the the horrible Greg Schiano years, right? Schiano was four and twelve in his last year, and I don't think I don't think anybody thought that Lovey Smith would get half the win total. So it was Jason Light's first year as general manager, and what an absolute shit show that was. And to go <laughs> from that, well, it just was. I mean, that's that's, that's the best way to describe yeah. it. But yeah, I mean, go, I've heard the stories from you guys and Trevor. It oh, sounds like it was a. And to go from that year, you know, in, in Jason Light's first year. To watch him build this football team, it's just been absolutely tremendous. Uh, the, you know, and listen, Rome wasn't built in a day. Uh, I think a lot of, of of football fans get spoiled by you know this, the the sudden rise of like the Chiefs when Mahomes gets there. It's like great, you hit on a, a quarterback right. that that is a once in a generation type talent, um, but that doesn't happen all the time. I mean, the Bucks drafted right. Josh Freeman and Jameis Winston trying to find that guy and couldn't. But, Mark, when you look at the 1979 Buccaneers, there wasn't free agency back then. You had to build through the draft. Yeah. To go from, from franchise expansion team in 76 to no wins. What was it, 0-22? 0-26. 0-26, sorry. Off losing the first 26, right. Sorry, didn't mean to shortchange the franchise for <laughs> more losses. 0-26 to knocking on the Super Bowl's door in 1979 with the number yeah, four one. four seasons later. Best. Yep. Four seasons later, right? I mean, that's an incredible build in four years. It right. took Jason Light a little bit longer than that, even, right? But yeah, to go with for- the with the help of free agency and, and things like that. But yes. um, yes. yeah, no, but but it's uh, you know, watching Jason do what his thing, and and I was here, you know, obviously when he was hired, we both were. We were in that first press conference where we sat yeah. in with Jason Light, and um, you know, I have all the respect in the world for Mark Dominic. He's a great guy, great family guy. Um, just was a little bit something different about Jason Light, and and you noticed it too right off the bat, Scott. Yeah. He was a film guy. He was a film junkie. Yeah. I don't know that Mark Dominic was a guy that would sit uh, and, and spend hours and hours just watching film over and over, but right. Jason Light. Love to do that, and you could tell. And and we always kind of felt that that you know that's what you want in a general manager, right? You don't want somebody just right. pulling strings and signing contracts. You want somebody that's really you know sticking their neck out on the line based on film study and and things like that. Yeah. And it's not just film study. Jason Light spends a ton of time. He and his staff, not just Jason Light, talking to the coaches. You know, I remember the Jameis Winston thing. I guess we can say it now. They talked to janitors at Jameis Winston's high school before they drafted him. Mm-hmm. Literally yeah. interviewed people inside his high school when they went back right. that far to try and find out what kind of character he is. But, uh, but you know, Jason, you know, hats off yeah. to him. He deserves this. It's been a long, hard road. Some people say he may have been deserved to have been fired long ago. The best news in the world for Jason Light was the Glazers aren't football people, right? They've got to have somebody to, yeah. to, to you know, head yeah. up a coaching search and things like that. So, um, you know, they didn't have anybody in the organization. They fired both Jason Light and the head coaches. Uh, then what? So, anyway, the point is, is um, you know, he 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 made it through, and and it, and I'm glad that he did because it paid off. And I don't yeah. know that there was a happier man in Tampa Bay last night than Jason Light after that game. Um, I'm sure. And one of the things I think that's so cool about the Jason Light story is that he kind of epitomizes what we should all be doing in our jobs or lives and lives in general. Like he looked at his process. He's when he started out, he tried things. He's aggressive. He, he, you know, formed strategies. They didn't work at some, in some instances, you know, Vernon Hargraves and Alberto Roberto Aguayo and, there were some. There were some really bad. There were some bad drafts. I mean, if you go back yeah. to that 2016 draft, Vernon Hargraves, Noah Spence, Roberto Aguayo. I mean, those are that's a disaster of the first couple picks. Right. But you know, across the board, he's really done a great job. Again, everybody would have taken Jameis. Like 
everybody or Mariota, and if some, if you're one of the teams that would have taken Mariota, and neither of them have worked out, but you have right. to try when you don't have a quarterback, you have the number one pick. So I don't blame at all for that pick. No. I think Donovan Smith in the second round, Ali Marpet in that draft, Juan and, Alexander and in the fourth round was Jim, a good pick. I mean, Jameis is a talent. The guy threw for 5,100 yards right. and 30 right. touchdowns. I mean, right. he's, he's it, a talent. The talent it was the right there. pick, and it was the right, right move to move on from. They gave him plenty of opportunity, right. which not every team does. Right. He's going yeah. to last longer than Wentz and Goff. And they yeah. gave him plenty of opportunity, and not every team does. But I think if you just look at his drafts, outside of 2016 was a bad one, and every GM is a bad one. He's been one of the best drafts. And remember, Justin Evans and Kendall Beckwith both looked like hits, right. and he lost both of them to free career-ending injuries. Right. So, I mean, across yeah, the board exactly with this team, right. you have terrific you drafting. Yeah. You have an understanding of positions of need and what they need to address. You have tactful but aggressive moves in free agency that right. are clearly grounded in good tape study and review of character, which Shaq Barrett, not a lot of snaps on tape, not a lot of production on tape. But he saw things that he liked. He knew the character and the work ethic he was getting. He brought him in. The whole process has been great. He's fixed things that he did wrong early on. But my favorite thing, guys, he knew where he was as a football guy. He knew he was going to be weak in his assessments and where he needed some help and some bolstering with the cap, with the money. How do we handle those types of things? He didn't try and do it all himself. He said, I'm going to bring in people who I trust. They're going to do it really well. Mike Greenberg and others have come in have, have been, again, it's all about the team. He gets that. Like Brady gets that on the field. That's yeah. why he recruits Fournette and Gronk and all these other guys. They know it's a team sport. No matter how much people want to individualize it, they get that it's a team sport. And Jason Light did that. He's not just a great GM. He's a great leader, too. And he brought in a great team yeah. on and but off he, the field. to get You mentioned done. Mike Greenberg. And, I mean, I think that was one of his best moves was keeping Mike Greenberg. Greenberg actually yeah. started under Mark Dominic. And – Oh, and right. uh, he, yeah, he he gave him an opportunity, and, and Greenberg that's huge too because not a lot of GMs would come yeah. in and keep guys that were there. It, exactly, you know. But but um, you know, um, I I agree. Listen, I, I I've been a Jason Light supporter for one reason because I believe in what he's doing. Okay, it, it, that that's the reason. And I, I I've told you know, listen, we we have relationships. Right, I've had relationships with every general manager. You know, Mark Dominic included, Bruce Allen, um, and and Jason Light. You know, and. And, and the, the reality of it is, is uh, you have relationships, but like I, I've told Jason, I said, listen, you're not going to like everything I write about. Um, and and when I disagree with you, you're going to know it. And you're probably not going to like some of my takes and we can agree to disagree and all that Scott, stuff. You know? Scott, I've seen you tell him things to his face that I cringed. I couldn't believe you were saying the things you were saying oh, yeah. to this man directly. I've been in <laughs> meetings with Scott and Jason Light, beers uh, up in Mobile, in Jason Light's office, um, down the street in pubs, and uh, and I, you know, Scott does not hold back. He says what he thinks, and you know, he's not always yeah, right about you know it. What? But he's <laughs> he, Jason listens. Jason listens right, as I'm hard not. as it is. He, yeah. he listens to you know, and 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 takes everything into consideration. I believe. Yeah. Well, I think the the good thing is I'm not on payroll, right? I'm not I'm not a part of the Buccaneers sure. organization, so I'm an independent sounding board. Listen, um, all all of my. Um, you know, thoughts and and suggestions and stuff. You know, I, I'm not right all the time. Nobody is right. But the th the thing I like about Jason is, and I've written about this before. I won't spend a whole bunch of time on it. But he 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 admits mistakes and moves on. Yeah. And he tries yeah. to learn. The other thing is is he is he floods positions because mm -hmm. he knows that that injuries can occur. That that uh, you know sometimes players might they might have a step back whatever. And, John, you and I talked about it with the safeties last night. Like Jordan Whitehead is the starting caliber safety in the league. 
Is he a pro bowler? No, but he's, he's, you can win with him, right? Yeah. You can win with, with Mike Edwards, right? Those are two starting caliber safeties. He had Justin Evans. He could have crossed his fingers and, and held on for Justin Evans a little bit longer, right? Because he was a second round draft pick. No, you know, you, you draft Antoine Winfield in the second round and you throw him into the mix with competition, right? Mm-hmm. And and yeah. and that's what I love about him is 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 he 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 will flood positions. Um, he he's not beholden to something. And and I I think as I've always said, the reason why the Bucks won the Super Bowl in two thousand two is not because of Simeon Rice and Mike Allstott and Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and Rondé Barber and John Lynch. Why? Because they had those guys. In, in Philadelphia when they got their ass kicked and Tony Dungy got fired in 2001. Most of those guys were in Philly getting their butts kicked in 2000, right? Yeah. Some of those guys were on the 1999 team that lost in, in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. The guys that won the Super Bowl were the Dwight Smiths, the Greg Spires, the Roman Obens, the Joe Jerevicius's, the Keenan McCardles, the guys that came on that were not maybe A players, but were B players on a team full of A players that were upgrades from C players. And when I look at what Jason Light's done systematically, especially over the last two years under Bruce Arians, he has gotten rid of the D players and the C players and has yeah. replaced them with, with either C players or in most cases B players. And yeah, I think and the and the C the C people and the and the D people, right? That's part of it too, yeah. right? The character, the football character. Yeah. And well, and, and it, sometimes and listen, sometimes it's not just a great fit. Like like there's nothing wrong with Gerald McCoy. He's he's a, a very good player, and he is uh, he's he's a very good guy. I, I like Gerald. I respect him. But Indomitian Sue brought a different type of personality to that defensive front that this team needed, and it's just something that Gerald just didn't have. So that's what I mean by by making subtle switches, right? I, I, we can argue all day long. You know, is Gerald McCoy better than Indomitian Sue? Has he had a better career, or Sue is better? You know, they're probably about equal. And Dominican just brings you something a little bit different. And it's those type of subtle moves that have propelled this team and have, and have listen, there's plenty of A's, right? Um, Mike Evans, let's start with him. Levante, David. And then you draft a couple guys that are either B's or they're going to be A's like Devin White. But it's, it's getting those C players gone and replacing them with B. That's what builds championship teams. Teams right. have personalities, just like people have personalities. And, you know, the three of us have to get along because we work together. Um, now, if one of us didn't like the other, that would create a problem. And, and you, you know, although I may be a great writer, Scott would have to get rid of me if I hated John Ledyard or if John hated Scott. You know, hey, we're all talented in what we do, but we got to get along. You know what I mean? We've got we've to have that personality. And again, Gerald McCoy, great guy, wonderful guy. And Dominican Sue just fit the personality of the team that, that Jason Light wanted to have. And some yeah. of the other guys. And some of them didn't. Chris Baker was a terrible decision. Right. Deshaun Jackson was a terrible decision. But he got rid of him. He didn't try and hang on. It's like people yeah. get married That's and true. try and hang on to a marriage for 10 years thinking it's going to change. You know, sometimes <laughs> you just got to rip the Band-Aid off. And, uh, and Jason Light has no problem ripping the Band-Aids off. That's for sure. So I have to give him a lot of respect. One thing you said, Scott, that Jason's also not afraid to do is flood a position with talent. He now, this draft coming up, he's not going to have any choice but to do that. You know why? Because there's not many holes on this football team. He's going to be able to draft luxury-type situations, you know what I mean, where he can Mm -hmm. strictly go best player available because we don't have a need at 
you know, uh, yeah, slot corner. We don't have a, a need at right tackle right now. Yeah, he may look right. ahead to locate okay, Ryan Jensen's on his last year of a deal. Maybe we need to draft a young center, things like that. But as far as just, you know, that's why I wrote a couple of weeks ago that they could afford to draft a guy like Kyle Trask. I right. don't think they will, but they could afford to do that because there's not a glaring need where they need a number 32 pick to step in and be an instant starter. Not right now, yeah. anyway, not with the way the roster's set up. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. It's going to make it interesting. One thing about Jason yeah, yeah. Light, then we're going to kind of move on because then we have a lot of topics to hit on tonight. Um, been talking with Jason, and we're shooting for possibly Thursday, 7.30, to have Jason Light on, on the podcast. So Great. just want to put that out there for, for Buccaneer fans. Not set in stone yet, but right. um, make sure to stay tuned to PeterReport.com and our Twitter because once we confirm a, a, a date and time, and, and right now it's tentatively Thursday night, we'll see. Um, but, uh, cause obviously he's busy this week, but, but uh, he's going to try to make time for us. So nice. John, yeah, remember, John, you know, how I was just talking about Scott, you know, telling, telling, being honest with Jason light and, and yes. me, you know, sitting back and kind of cringing one day, remind me to tell you the story of Scott and Greg Shiano in a meeting we had, <laughs> I <laughs> literally wanted to crawl under the desk. I thought we were going to get our asses kicked, escorted out of the building, you know, our credentials revoked. Anyway, Scott, we'll save I've, that for listen, a better I've podcast. But... On the work. I've heard some stories. He's got no chill I, at times. No, I got no, a little none. I got a little hot with Greg. Yeah, not a little, a lot hot. And I, I was like, oh, God, my career's over. Yeah. Anyway, well, I hope Geico's funny. hiring or whatever. I was trying to think of a new I, job. I, I, honestly, I, I've, never, I've never yelled at a Bucks head coach before until then. I literally yeah. was like. Yeah, furious, yelling at him. Yeah, yeah. and and you're pretty Greg, chill, dude. Like I, I'm trying to envision you yeah. yelling. I, I get a long Greg, fuse, but like, once it's lit, like back, back up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, Greg, but, say what you want. Greg's a fairly intimidating guy. I mean, he's he was a oh, yeah. buff guy. Yeah. You know, he he was a tough guy. He challenged yeah. Brian Price to a fight. He said, "Let's go." I mean, right at one right. Buccaneer place, he said, "Let's." You want some of me? Yeah. Let's go right here, right now. And right. Uh, Brian Price backed off. I mean, you know, you know, it's kind of cool too because you, you do get some relationships in this business. When when Greg got hired at Records, I sent him a text, you know, and he was very sure. congratulatory and all of that. Um, so it was very cool. Uh, also, what's very cool is Extreme Red TV giving us a ten dollars oh. super chat first of the night. Just yeah. discover this podcast. Keep up the great work. That's awesome. We have we've been seeing this this podcast really take off and grow during the really since the bye week. We're up to 3,200 subscribers now. If you're listening to this podcast, make sure you go to YouTube and go to Peter Report TV. Click on the subscribe button. It's, it's quick. It's easy. It's free. And all you have to do is just, just hit it and then hit the subscribe um, or actually the notifications button after you hit subscribe. That'll let yeah. you know every time I'm on. Right. We've got some other great stuff lined up for the week. Just to plug real quick, other than Jason Light coming on, also trying to get in this week, uh, Cap Expert uh, from – uh, he works with Pro Football Focus, but he also does his own cat podcast. Uh, so we're trying to get him in here. I'll, I'll say who that is once I have him nailed down for a specific day. We're kind of working around whenever Jason Light can be available with us. So if it's if it's Wednesday, it's Wednesday. If it's not, if it's next week, it'll be. But we're going to have a cap expert. So you're not going to have to listen to us try to tell you, oh, yeah, they can fit all these guys into the cap. I'm literally going to bring somebody into the show that's going to tell you, here's what you can expect their contract to be for Chris Godwin, for Shaq Barrett, for Levante David. Here's the Bucks cap situation. Here's where they are compared to the rest of the league. Here's how they can make it work. There will be no doubt once you hear this podcast, you will understand what this team is able to do and not able to do. You will not have to listen to the national broadcast 
talk about, oh, the Bucs can't re-sign any of them, or all oh, the Bucs will definitely re-sign everybody. They can bring back Leonard Fournette, too. He wants four years, $24 million. They can bring him back. No, like we're going to actually lay this out for you, right, exactly, so that you have a realistic view. And you're going to be the only Bucs fans who ever tunes into this podcast. You're going to find it because I don't think anybody else is going to the cap experts. They're some of the least utilize people in sports media i don't know why more people don't use them we're going to go to them and we're going to get tons of answers and a lot of clarity uh, on the cap situation and the free agent contracts this offseason that'll be coming up as well in the pod speaking of offseason right we're we're shifting gears now towards free agency which which gentlemen is rapidly approaching usually we have the whole month of january to kind of kind of ease into free agency this is totally 35 days i think i heard that teams can start negotiating with guys yeah we've been knee deep in playoff coverage gentlemen so it's been pretty fun to have it it's 79 days until the draft guys (laughs) 79 normally when you start thinking about the draft it's like 120 days or 110 days or something yeah now you've got uh yeah more than that bro yeah and the other thing is, is uh, we're, we're going to be having plenty of free agency and draft conversation next week. We're going to be shifting to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday podcast during the week. So we get to have weekends off for the first time since August. So we're taking. <laughs> yes, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're reclaiming our weekends, uh, Bucks fans. But yeah. the cool thing is, is uh, those cool stories that you heard Cook and I talk about. Um, there's only so much free agency and draft uh, talk that we can spit out in in a podcast four days a week. So we are going to have some really cool stories uh, mm-hmm. throughout the off season that we can kind of entertain you guys with. So I saw some comments about you know that's an an epic uh, Shiano price story. We, we've got plenty of those other little nuggets. So make sure you tune in. Don't miss an episode of the Peter Report podcast for those. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun, guys. Before we move to off season talk this year, I do want to talk about some of the storylines from this season. I, you know, I, I think that there's been some just – to me, this has been such a fun team to cover, and I would have said that if they lost to the Saints or the Packers or, the, or even lost in the Super Bowl. I just think they've been a fun team to cover because there are not many journeys like this. Last year, mm-hmm. everyone kind of expected the Chiefs to be there and to do what they did and win, and, and I think that's kind of how it goes most years. And, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I enjoy that too. I think that there's something to be said for dominance and established dominance – but I just think it's so cool when a team goes from not being in the playoffs, going out and addressing what holes they had in an offseason and making something happen like this to going all the way and winning the Super Bowl on an eight game, getting hot winning streak like that, that there's a lot of cool storylines that come to mind. So I'll let you guys think of a couple. One I wanted to mention and bring up, I was on the radio with J.P. Peterson earlier today, and he asked me, what do you think? the storyline with Bruce Arians, what's going to be his legacy when this season's remembered. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's really more than anything going to be remembered as a leader guys. Like this wasn't unlike most head coaches, offensive minded head coaches who win a Super Bowl. He's not the play caller, you know, that he has handed over much of the reins to, to, to Byron Leftwich in that regard. And even as I asked some questions as the year went on about why did you do this on offense? He was kind of quick to say, this is, this was Byron's game plan. This was his Mm -hmm. thought process. This was his idea. He and Brady decided what plays they were going to work out in these situations. You could really tell that Arians took a leadership role and oversee a CEO type role over this team. It felt like he had his hands on a little bit of everything, certainly, uh, but he really was about coaching people and getting people ready for the next step and to take on more responsibility and to learn and teach. And I just thought it was really cool. I mean, look at all the situations with players that arose during the season, you know, how many coaches 
would have gotten a guy with Leonard Fournette's personality and background to be a healthy scratch in week 14 and then get them to play their best football a couple weeks later Mm -hmm. and be a key part of what they're doing. I mean, the past, if that happened in Jacksonville, the Leonard Fournette there, he would have been done, man. You couldn't have gotten him back the rest of the year. And what Arians was able to do with people and coaching them and and bringing them along and saying, your time's going to come, keep working. Even with him talking with Vita Vea, we're going to keep winning. You keep getting yourself ready and the promise that he made there. And I just think he is um, kind of, you know, people talk about him as his offensive mastermind. I think there's things he's done in the league that have been really creative and good. But I think in some ways, some of what he was doing was outdated. And when he surrendered some of that control, let Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady tweak some things out of the bye, throw in more play action, do more mesh concepts, find more of a quick game, get screens going. When he stepped aside there, to me, that wasn't a sign of weakness or a flaw. That was a sign of strength as a leader. I think it's one of the coolest storylines of the year is how he grew. No, it is. And and Mark, when you look at – and we appreciate uh, Dara's – uh, super chat contribution tonight. How did Bowles or Leftwich not get head coach consideration? Huge for Tampa Bay next season. Uh, Mark, I, I think teams really made a huge mistake. I don't even know who the Philadelphia Eagles hired. Never heard of the guy before. <laughs> that was one know. of the worst introductory press conferences other than Adam Gase a couple years ago. Was say, with the Jets. Was it, Gase it was brutal. I mean, here's the thing. It, it's like. Um, I'm going to be I, honest. I, I think that guy was probably like the middle of the road hire for some of the hires that were out there. I think there'll probably be two or three yeah. guys who do worse than Sirianni. I'm not saying Sirianni will be great. Right. I, Atlanta? I, I remember David Culley oh, when he was the receivers coach under Sam Weish back in, in Tampa Bay. Wow. And, you know, I, I just, I don't get it. I, I really don't get some of these hires now. Dan um, Campbell. Yeah. Well, I think Dan Campbell's going to be okay. I, I happen you to do. like that. Mm. I do. Yeah, I he's like that. Those, those coaches like that, Scott, don't turn out, man. Those meathead, we're going to kick your ass and bite your kneecap. It, it's, <laughs> I, I love it. It's great when we watch football movies and stuff, you know, and it reminds us of me and you being in high school. I, I really I hope do. So. I, I'm, I, hope so. I was not impressed with his, with, his, with his press conference. Okay. Well, I, it, it's not all. He's a nice guy. about winning the press conference. Like, Tony Plus, it's Detroit. Scott, it's Detroit. Yeah. You know how hard it is to win in Detroit. But Detroit, I mean, listen, Tony Dungy didn't strike fear in anybody in his opening press conference, right? You know, oh, I'm in the new Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That <laughs> That's <knows>. true. That's <laughs> definitely we're, true. We're going to change the culture here, and we're going to get Hardy <laughs> Nicholson back. It's like, okay. I love your Tony Dungy yeah. impression. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but seriously, um, Todd Bowles, he, he may completely fail the second go around, right? He, he might. Or he might be the next uh, Pete Carroll, who well, got Pete, better. Bill Belichick. Or Bill Belichick, who got better the second time around. Yeah. I, I think that, that sometimes we get into the retread cycle, and it's like, okay, it didn't work out the first time. But I, I think Bowles has earned, and that's the key word, earned an, another shot. But for these, but, for, hold but, on, for, the, for these yeah, downtrodden right. teams like 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 Detroit, you mentioned Detroit, Mark. Um, why wouldn't you wait until the two best teams are done? Right. And then either get Eric Bieniemy or get Todd Bowles or somebody off those championship staffs. I just don't get yeah. it. Yeah, no, I well, agree. here's my well, – I mean, not to disagree. I don't disagree with you necessarily because I'm interested too. And in I'm interested in a lot of people. I always say well, our vantage point, it's oh. really hard to say who's going to be a good head coach. Yeah, good point. They would go, yeah, 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 Lovey Smith. Right, right exactly right. David but Kelly hired Lovey Smith as his defensive coordinator. 
That'll end poorly. That's exactly I saw right. so many people say, great hire by David Cauley to start. I'm like, prove that to me. Where? They How? had to be sarcastic. They can't. No, no they nobody were, seriously thought that was a good hire. People think because they've heard his name before that he's good. Like, it's – yeah. Anyway, my point overall, though, guys, is this. A month ago, none of us would have got on this podcast and said Todd Bowles would have been a good head coach hire. I mean, even three right. weeks ago. I mean, what he mm. did after the Washington game was unbelievable. I mean, I'm writing about it for tomorrow's Bucks briefing. That's why I'm grinding this Celsius because I'm going to be up late tonight. But he just changed so many things about his defense with everything on the line. I mean, it's a whole identity, not for just even this season as a coach, his career as a coach. This is the most, the last three games are the most, I think the last two games actually, the most he's ever played two high safeties in his career as a coach, they said, according to the stats at Next Gen. I was like, this is crazy. Teams couldn't adjust because they were so, it was so unexpected to them that he was able to do that on this stage. So I give him a ton of credit for it. I hope it's a transformational thing that changes the rest right. of the way he coaches as long as he coaches. I just don't know what to do with that small of a sample size when we project him out as a head coach candidate. Maybe he'd be great. I'd certainly take him over some of the guys that well, got hired. But I he's not going to succeed or not succeed based on playing too high safety coverage. I mean, it's just, you, a, it's it's just the a, whole personality, though. And, and that's the thing you have to yeah. look at with Todd Bowles. And that's the thing that I, you know, I, I would like to, and this is what we missed in being an open locker room this year, John and Scott, was yeah. being able to talk to the players and really get a pulse of how they felt about a guy like Todd Bowles. That was something yeah. we used to do off the record all the time. Ask oh, yeah. guys, you know, you know what what is what is Raheem really like mm -hmm. behind the scenes? What is, uh, you know, uh, who was the guy that took, or what was Leslie, you know, how how's Leslie Frazier as a coach? Leslie things like that. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of that that goes on behind the scenes, and we missed out on all that. So I don't know, but clearly – they they loved playing for him last night and um and would have run through a brick wall because they they executed his game plan to perfection. That was a question in the Monday mailbag today. Somebody asked me, was this a better defensive performance this Super Bowl or the first one? And I tend to lean to this one, Scott, just as you tended yeah. to lean that this is a better Super Bowl winning team. Um, you know, the Buccaneers knew what to expect from Oakland. Now they oh maybe knew what to expect a little bit from uh, the Kansas City because they played them earlier this year, but Kansas City was is more talented offensively and um, to me than the Oakland Raiders were. Even though the Oakland Raiders oh, yeah. were one of the best offenses and had the reigning right. uh, MVP, it, it's still right. night and day. I think as far as the weapons go, and the fact that they'd already been, no, you know, no, pretty. No, no, no. I mean, they'd given up over 500 yards. It's not like they, you know, they gave up 400 or 350 or something like that, and it was a, a close game stat wise because it wasn't score wise. It ended up being that way, but I thought this was a more impressive win to me of the two Super Bowl teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to beat the Chiefs the way that this Chiefs team has played and the fact that they've played at this level for consistently for a while, this has not been an up-and-down team, a team that struggled to find their way. They have gotten Patrick Mahomes, and they have just straight crushed everyone. I mean, right. they've just crushed people. I mean, they should have been probably the the, the you know the D Ford offside. I know there were some other things. It never comes down yeah. to one play. But, I mean, they really were this close to being in another Super Bowl, you know, his first year yeah. out there. So, I mean, it's been – they've really been a master class in how to – you know, build a great team, and the Bucks came out, and thirty-one yeah. nine is not close. Like it was hey, a beat down. Speaking of crush, you know who crushed it last night? This hey, guy right you here. You did on mybookie.ag. There, there's no, there's no mybookie promo tonight. That, that campaign is done. You just, you just let awesome. everyone know. I'm just bragging. I'm just bragging. <laughs> I put, I put it all. And you saw me do it. You saw me place the bet. I put it all ten large on the Whoa. Buccaneers money last night. Ten thousand dollars. 
No, ten dollars, man. That's all I had oh. left in my account. The first time, yeah. the first time when I started working at Peter Report, Scott was talking about a bet, and he said he put five large on something. Large, I was like, yeah. dude, I was yeah. like, you're really putting money down on hey, stuff. He was listen, like, no, five bucks. When, when you get a family of four kids, right? Five dollars is a lot of money, and so is ten dollars. Yeah, and so when when I bet ten dollars on something, that's ten large. That that's that's with plenty of conviction. Reynolds Reynolds is cheap. He polishes his nickels and pennies and, and displays them at home. I mean, you know, we throw them in a change jar. He he stacks them up into into separate sections so he knows exactly yeah, nice how many pennies. Then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, right, so so John, to stick to your point, I, I would yeah. say the storyline for me that was was probably most interesting, um, and I've kind of been thinking about about this and. And there's so many different ones. I'm just going to spit one out. The running back uh, mix between Ronald Jones and, and Leonard Fournette was just, it was so interesting to see it play out. If you would have told me uh, after week two that Leonard Fournette would be the playoff hero, I'd say, oh, yeah, of course. Well, did, didn't you see him get 100 yards and rip off that run against Carolina? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's the better running back, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's Rojo when Leonard Fournette's out ripping off three straight 100-yard games, and all of a sudden, here's here's Ronald Jones coming to the rescue. And it's just kind of been this back and forth. And, and as much as we saw Rojo improve in 2019, go from being a bust to a legitimate NFL running back, I was like, is this guy, is he a... Is he like, like an Eric Rett or a Reggie Cobb? Is he like a 1,000-yard rusher, and that's it? Or is this guy like a 1,300-yard rusher, that next level, a Pro Bowl-caliber guy? And, and I, I don't know if we got the answer to that this year, right? Statistically speaking, you know, he was at 978, right? He, he, and, and COVID and the broken pinky kind of kind of wrecked his chances. I think he would have had 1,000 yards. But I just yeah. don't know if he's that elite guy. And it's going to be very interesting to see because every time the Bucks had the opportunity to turn the ball and hand it off to Rojo again to have him beat the feature back, they didn't. They stuck with playoff Lenny. And that's something you you kind of pointed out to me, John. I'm thinking, oh, you're right. That's a very good observation. It's like they want to love Ronald Jones, but I think they like him. And yeah. and I think that if if they don't if they don't um, uh, re-sign Leonard Fournette, which I don't think they're going to, I think you're going to see the Buccaneers draft another running back this year. And um, and 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 actually, you know what, John? We're going to give the Buccaneers a running back. We're not going to tell you who and and when. But we have our mock draft, our first Peter Report mock draft coming out on, on Wednesday on PeterReport.com. And we will put another running back in there. So you had Keyshawn Vaughn last last year, or I should say, well, technically last year, and Rojo. And LaShawn McCoy is going to be gone. So is Leonard Fournette. So you need some more running backs. So. Mm -hmm. Right. No, that's a good point about the running back room, man. It's going to be fascinating. You mentioned Mark. Well, they're uh, going to have really to the – they're gonna have to push James White out of the way because the Bucks are gonna re are gonna sign him as a free agent. That's I mean, a lot there's of, yeah. no there's no doubt they're gonna bring in a veteran guy that can catch the damn football that Tom Brady likes. Right. Tom is gonna pull a Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, and this is what I want. This is what I need, and they do need it. We saw it last night. Leonard Fournette had a nice job receiving. Ronald dropped dropped another ball. Um, you know, it wasn't a perfectly thrown pass, but yeah, he had a drop last night uh, in the first half. And uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, they're going to they're, they're going to add some talent to that running back room, but they're going to add some veteran talent, too. But I agree with you guys, you know, draft another guy because Keyshawn Vaughn didn't show me as much as they say behind the scenes, how much they love yeah. the guy. He just never, never literally ran with the, the ball once given to him. Yep. Too much. 
can't do it. Yeah, can't do it. yeah, exactly right. I mean, in limited opportunities too. It's not like yeah, he was right. a feature guy and you know had a couple like limited opportunities. He dropped to put football and fumbled the football. You just can't make those mistakes. Now, the interesting thing about what you say, Scott, is I think you're right. Like the, this team, like Mark said, is not a team with a ton of holes. And running back is definitely one. You know, I know Mike Garofalo is out here tweeting. You know, the Bucks really they want to resign Leonard Fournette, but they're also trying to extend Ronald Jones. I'm like, no, they're not, buddy. They're like, what? Just read the tea leaves. Like, just are you really think they're trying to resign Ronald Jones? I, I really Jones don't like throwing run? shade at, at other reporters, especially publicly. We'll we'll, we'll we'll trash people all day long on our peer report uh, group <laughs> chat and, yeah. uh, and and texting stuff. But um, unless it's Tom Bassinger, I do not like shitting on anybody <laughs> publicly. I just don't. Um, but Jason Lankaforna. Like when has he been right about anything oh. Buccaneer related? No, but it's, it's, I mean, how does he still have a gig? I don't know. I, jealous at all. I could give. I, I don't want to go national. I've ne- I've never applied for any other job. You know why? Because I love serving you guys, the faithful PeterReport.com uh, readers, listeners, viewers, and Buccaneer fans out there. I've never right. wanted to go anywhere else to do or do anything. I've been headhunted. Mm-hmm. And I've I've said no. I've turned down four letter networks. Tra- and and I, yeah. I said no, I'm fine doing what I want to do, but I don't know how that guy is employed with a national know. network. He's, he's just wrong, wrong all the time. He's wrong all the time. Like if Rappaport or Schefter were wrong like that, like come on, be fired. Well, there's a reason those guys are the tops in the league. I mean, those three and Jay Glazer, you can and Mortensen. I think Mortensen may be uh, just mm-hmm. as good. He's not as much of an insider as he used to be, but Chris is 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 no no one's lying to Chris. Chris Chris, if he says it, it's the truth. By the way, we're talking about Jason Lockenfora because he said uh, during the Super Bowl pregame show on CBS, I think, that there was a chance that uh, Bruce Arians would retire after the game if the Bucs won. <laughs> Even though Arians had already answered the question point blank over at WDAE with T. Grass and Ronnie and said, hell no. So he left yeah. no doubt at all about it. And Lockenfora still gets up and says that a couple days later. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know how he's still employed either. It's crazy. I'm glad Arians would not mince around and, and just set the record straight. Also love the fact that Tom Brady was literally just like, we're coming again next year, like on the podium. Nobody even asked him about it yet. Yeah. Nobody even asked him. Like, you think about it, he's like, we're coming for another one next year. I was like, this right. guy is truly the king. Yeah. Like what an unbelievable moment. He's 43. Oh, I mean, yeah. anybody else I think ever in the game would have just basked in it for a second. He was like, you know I can't what? wait. He's having fun. The last oh, couple of years in New England, they weren't fun. He's having so much fun. And you know what? I think I think he knows that he got robbed. And, and I think something's going to happen. You know, I, I think whether it's the vaccines or something, I don't think that 2020 is going to, or I should say 2021 is going to be the COVID riddled year that 2020 was, right? I, th- I think we're, we're, I think we're, we're hopefully turning a corner here at the vaccine and all this. And, and the reason I say that is because Tom Brady and all these players really had to live a life of isolation. You know, and you hear these players talking about it and even Bruce Arians saying that, that yeah, it's it's been a difficult year because you haven't gotten to bond with these guys uh, outside of really game day when you're in the, the, the locker room together, right? The, um, guys, I don't think Buccaneer fans know this, but when we're at training camp, they have half the team's locker room is out in, in, yeah, in the facility. practice facility. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's there. The other half is at one buck in your place. So th- this has been a team that has been divided offense and defense and divided by position groups. And it's, it's close contact and, and that's it. And so I think Brady wants to experience all of this fun that he's been having on the practice field 
and get to know these guys and go golfing with them and have them over, you know, for jet ski rides. And, and, uh, and hopefully that day is coming soon because I think that's what Tom Brady really wants to, uh, you know, to experience is getting to know this team better and, and having even more fun than he did in this COVID riddled year. Yeah, it's um, man. I mean, I think that one thing I learned about Brady this year was that he just, I think he loves the, like he loves the idea of being a part of a team. Like he does. He just yeah. loves it. He loves getting the most well, out said, of the guy. He said, he said that this week, he said, you know, he, he played baseball and, you know, he plays golf and things like that. But the reason he loves football, it's just the ultimate team sport. Yeah. And he and likes he to be plays involved. Like that. He, yeah. Yeah. He plays football like that. He doesn't play hero ball. He doesn't do right. any of that stuff. He, right. he knows that it but it's it's accomplished as a team and no matter how good he is if the rest of the team isn't on that level it won't matter at the end it'll be you know like these seasons with great quarterbacks who never had the team you know Dan Marino's and those kind of players who were great players but the rest of the team wasn't there and that's why he's so it's so he's so passionate about ending up in the right spot ending up with a team full of talented players and coaches that are going to listen to his suggestions and bring in players that he thinks can help complement and finish up the team and you know, I definitely give Brady a little hat tip too for some of his GM work in terms of finding, helping them, convince them to sign some guys and show them ways that guys could fit uh, within what they do and and, and making it happen with those guys too. It's been pretty impressive. John, how old's Tom Brady? Forty three. Forty three. So, wouldn't you say in his twenty years of playing with the Patriots that he has literally seen hundreds of former teammates retire? Right, players that. That when he was a young rookie, that have come along, you know, guys like Willie McGinnis, right? Teddy Bruschi. Yes. I think he has seen them retire. And what have they probably told him? Enjoy Don't a while it. at last, right? Yeah. <laughs> the camaraderie, right? The relationships, yeah. the locker yes. room, right? Like, enjoy yep. it, savor it. And I think he's listened to those players. And I think he he's like, I'm still playing at a high level. I know that's coming. I know, you know, forever golf is coming and vacationing with the kids and Giselle's coming. I can do that, but I only have a finite time, a small window that's closing a little bit more each year to do what the Willie McGinnis and the Teddy Brewskis and all those, those Patriot guys, the Mike Vrabels that he's still friends with, right. That have told him, you know, cause once you hang them up, you know, there's, you don't get to hang with 52 other guys, you know, on a regular basis yeah. and get to know them and have that camaraderie. You'd be lucky right. if your wife lets you hang out with three guys. Exactly. 52 more. Friend. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Ty T says let Fournette and Sugo maybe braid as well. No, 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 no. Fournette, you cannot okay. let Brady go. You want Mark Cook to leave forever? I mean, that would just be <laughs> terrible. I, if Bray goes, I go. No, and I, in all seriousness, and Dominican Sue, I think is a crucial part of coming back. I think he'll come back for a little less money, but I think he was just so instrumental this year, particularly when Vita Vea went down to help set a tone on the defense. I, I, I love Dominican Sue. Uh, he had a sack last night. Um, you know what he did to Aaron Rodgers in that first game, and uh, Raymond James was just I loved it. You know, he's. Yeah. He, I love that nasty attitude. He had a better year he comes back. Than, he, than he had even in 2019, I thought. Yep, yep, yep. He's playing. You talk about a guy that's found the fountain of youth to a degree. He's still yeah. playing at a high level and, 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 and avoiding injury. Well, he's right, one of those guys that's taken unbelievable care of his body, too. Sue's only missed two games right. in his career, and I think they were because of suspension. All right, so here's a little insight. We're getting into offseason. We can, we can tell some stories now. One of, one of the, the main reasons why Jason Light parted ways with Gerald McCoy and went with Indomitian Sue is because he doesn't of like Batman. Durability. Huh? He doesn't like Batman. <laughs> Gerald was a Batman guy, and Jason that's doesn't true. like that. No? Am I wrong? Well, is that, no, that's not where you're going Jason with this? Light, I'm a sorry. Superman guy confirmed. Sorry, I interrupted yeah, you again. Go ahead. 
No, I, I think that, that that he probably is a Batman guy, but but I, I it really came down to the, the injuries, the durability, right? Yeah. I mean, um, Dirk Cutter had his faults, but one of, one of the greatest lines, and it's not his, he didn't invent this line, but he perpetuated it and brought it into my existence, was the greatest ability is availability, right? You can't help the club in the tub. If you're hurt all the time, um, you, you're just not as valuable as other players. And so I, I think that you look at Gerald's track record of injuries and Adamica Sue. The only time Adamica Sue misses a game is when he's stomping on somebody and gets suspended, right? He's literally <laughs> stomping on, on, on players' necks or, or stopping on their fingers or legs, right? I mean, that's, that's the only time he's ever missed games. A long time ago. Right. People don't forget, I know. But <laughs> changed man. I still cringe thinking about that hit that he put on Josh McCown when uh, he was with the Lions and Josh McCown yeah. was a quarterback and they went to Detroit. And – Amazingly, not only did he not get called for a blow to the head, he wasn't fined. I, I assume I said, "Well, he'll definitely get fined." No, he didn't get fined either. It was just unbelievable. I, that Josh McCown, um, you know, is is probably still having nightmares about that that hit, and that was just one of many that Indomitian Sue's had over his career. Yeah, yeah, to me, well, the situations I mean, with Sue and, and Gronkowski are the same. Like Sue and Gronkowski yeah. are coming back to the Bucks for a year or maybe two years for Gronk or a year for Sue, or they're not playing at all. And we already know Gronk's playing, so he's going to be back. They'll figure out a way to make that work with the cap, uh, no problem. He's not really worried about the money, I don't think. Uh, Sue, on the other hand, I don't know whether he's worried. Remember, Sue has got, has got the twins coming. Uh, I think I don't think his wife's had the babies yet, and uh, he just well, got that's married. that's definitely and, a reason to play again, stay away from having to change diapers. Yeah. <laughs> And he's he's definitely coming back now. Yeah, and he's the he's the second oldest D tackle after McClendon to take a snap this season. So this is a guy that is already real old for that position. So it's he might want to retire on top and and go out. I mean, it it could be the way for him. And um, yeah. so we'll see what he ends up doing. There's but he's at that, and he's already made a ton of money in the NFL, a ton of money in the NFL, and he's got a ton of investments and things going on outside the league. So. I think he's going to retire. Um, I agree with you, Mark, that he was instrumental to this team and the season and their culture change. I do think they're ready to be able to weather and build without him there. I don't think he'll be a huge loss moving forward, as good as important as he was this season. Vea needs to take that mantle, and they need to get younger and, and more explosive. Anyone in the D line, it'll it'll bring that need into focus a little bit more if that were to happen. It's just a guess. Maybe he comes back. I'm just guessing that that he that he'll end up retiring. We'll see. Steve McClendon's got. It could be at the same crossroads, I think, this offseason. So there's guys like that on the fringes. And like I said, we will discuss and talk about all these things on this show moving forward. But one of the craziest things was what you wrote about, Scott, in, in the fab was that everybody that scored a point in this off, in, uh, in this game, in this Super Bowl was yeah. newcomer from the offseason. And, uh, man, it's just crazy. With all the good, talented players they have on their team, you know, they didn't need any of them to score. I mean, they did need them, but they didn't actually right. score any of the points, and they still won 31-9. to nine. Just goes to show you how incredibly Chris deep Godwin, this team is. Two catches, nine yards. Mike Evans, one catch, 31 yards, although he did have some serious penalties yeah. called against him in coverage. But, yeah. And the Bucs are going to be just maddening for fantasy football owners next oh, year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and, and I, I think I think that that's that's a thing where you we have some we have some sound there. Where's that? That's uh, Abby Mark. He's got one of those windows open on his. <laughs> yeah, DJ Mark in the house. Sorry, it was an Instagram. I don't know post. where the sounds coming from. My I just browser. found a uh, just found a funny <laughs> meme I'm missing you guys. Sorry. Go ahead. See, that, that's, right the, that's the type of oh, work. That's the type of workout that we love from Mark Cook, right? We're in the middle of a podcast, and he's he's searching for memes to to show us and <laughs> to brighten our day. 
That's such a Trevor sick of a move. I can't even. I learned from Trevor. Trevor Trevor has taught me so much. Trevor on the pod. Don't you think, Trevor? Uh, Yes. 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 Uh, Yes. Exactly. (laughs) He he normally didn't let music play on his phone, though. I will give him that. But I literally was wondering, like, where's that music coming from? But anyway, it was me. John, you're still getting props. Still getting props is the lucky charm for this team. All things fell into place. It's more comical that, in my opinion, at this point than anything else. This is the fact that since we've been in Tampa, they haven't lost, and now we get to carry that over all the way to next September, and we'll try our luck at that point in the year. But uh, it's been fun, man. What a what a fun time to come into the picture on the Bucks scene. I do feel a little bit bad though, because it's kind of like I jumped in right as they went to Super Bowl, and meanwhile, y'all have been suffering for ages here, yeah. <laughs> waiting for them just to make. Well, don't worry. But, this ain't gonna you know, this ain't gonna keep yeah. going forever, John. It'll be back at some point. Don't worry. I really know. think this yeah, is an organization. It always the NFL isn't set up for that's true right I'm not saying they'll win the Super Bowl every year for sure but I think the Bucks are poised to be I know everybody's gonna look at Brady and be like oh the window's now I don't the window for a Super Bowl sure they need a quarterback to be able to do that and they'll need one after Brady but I just think this is a team heading in the right direction long term I think they have the GM I guess the next coaching hire will be important we'll see what happens with Arians obviously there are still some question marks you know long term with the team but I think that they have a GM who knows how to build a team. And to me, that's just massive. So I think that is when you have that, when you know how to, a GM that knows how to build a team from a coaching standpoint and a player standpoint, it just gives me a lot of hope that the, that the future is going to be bright with this team as well. Well, and one of the reasons why Bruce Aarons was hired was because of that longevity here, because it wasn't just having a Todd Bowles or maybe it's Byron Leftwich or maybe it's Harold Goodwin, who is a real leader of men, that run game coordinator, offensive line coach is Bruce Arians came with 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 a staff that would that would have some continuity some longevity right because coaching turnover and we've seen it here haven't we Mark yes we have I came in under Sam Weiss that's one then uh, Tony Dungy then John Gruden then Raheem Morris then Greg Schiano then Levy Smith then Dirk Cutter I'm on my eighth head coach in in uh, in 25 years of covering this team John you're from Steelers country how many Steelers coaches do you remember watching in your 30 watching? years of existence? Watching. Two. Watching two in my my years of existence, yes. Well, I mean, I was a little young pup, I think, when Cower got hired. But I, I've watched two, Cower and, and Tomlin, in my lifetime. Well, there's only been three, hasn't there? Wasn't this Chuck is the right the way, first? Big Earn. This is the right <laughs> way. This is, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure how you wear your hats, buddy. John's not your Body puppet. That's right. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Bigger you want to move this hat? You try, Big Earn. There you Reach go. Reach your hand over here. Definitely looks better like this. <laughs> well, I actually wear hats both ways, but this hat, I don't know. When you're on the By pod, the way, just... where did you get that Pewter Report hat? I've worked here for 10 years and I don't have one. Where did that Oh, Allison from? just handed it to me when I was at the you event. Uh, Glory Days. No, not one of those. You gave me like one of those like soft like the, not the oh. high ridge, the kind of the collapsible kind, and it, you know my big earth head. Oh. It just doesn't fit. It looks like. Uh, well, I mean, maybe if you did a better job picking the Bucks record, you know, in terms oh. of your week, I, maybe mm. you get a hat. I mean, I found was, better means. I, I was as good as the Buccaneers this year. I won fifteen games. So there you go. I'm exactly okay. the way the Buccaneers were. I think okay. that's actually we all good. have pretty good records to be honest. I mean, definitely the best, but still yeah. pretty good years for everybody. All right, here's another one. Here's the reason why you need to tune into the Pewter Report podcast. So Josh Rosen got re-signed to the 49ers, allegedly. Did he get re-signed or resigned? 
Uh, I think he resigned been, to the 49ers. Yeah, he so resigned. No one else wanted him, and he was just resigned to the fact <laughs> that he would be there. Right. Okay. So Sports the thing with, Ro- thing with Rosen is they had him in here, right? And you know, and everyone's thinking, oh, cool, the Bucks found their their quarterback of the future. Well, he's got the arm talent, but then again, so does Jameis Winston. Uh, but the leadership ability is just not there. He's not a leader of men, and that that's a he's critical a soft soul. He's a quiet that's, soul. It's a critical trait you have to have when when you're you're hey when you're the the quarterback you are the leader, and and trust me there's plenty of guys that are great leaders that just aren't that great quarterbacks. I thought Trent Dilfer was a very good leader, right? I thought that that uh, yeah. what would what, what really sunk Trent was he just wasn't that great of a player, you know? Yeah, Josh think, McCown, Kobe right. Brissett, great leaders, yeah. perfect, perfect Not good quarterbacks. Yep. <laughs> And it just wasn't. I love that <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Byron. <laughs> I watched that wind up in Pittsburgh for wow. a few years, buddy. I thought yeah. when I heard he was going into coaching that it was actually going to be baseball based on his delivery. But apparently, he's done a fine job of football, obviously. Yeah, he has. I, I think he's found his, his lane, John. I think he found his niche, right? Yeah. I'm actually writing about him and he and Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians and how they turn things around uh, from a coaching standpoint this season. Uh, in uh, tomorrow's Bucks briefing. So make sure you check that out. It's going to be a fun read because we get to look at some numbers that are d- illustrate exactly how much changed. And we talk a little bit about the process of criticizing coaches while leaving room for them to grow and improve and how important it is to kind of be able to do both. We're also going to continue the conversation then on Locker Room. Locker Room is, is, an, is an app that is changing the way we talk about sports. It's the only place for live audio conversations about the takes, rumors, news, and teams you care about. React to sports news as it happens. Gather all your friends and watch parties for the biggest games. Rep your favorite teams. Find your community. Better Sports Talk is just a tap away. Download in the Apple App Store and join the conversation. We've loved Locker Room. Taylor and Matt did a great pregame show before the yeah. Super Bowl. Jumped on at halftime and had a show uh, during halftime of the Super Bowl. There was a bunch of Bucks fans in there. Everybody's talking about the game. A couple Chiefs fans jumped in and offered thoughts. It was really cool. There was some back and forth there. Some of y'all that are in this chat listening to the pod are also jumping to the Locker Room shows that we do. We're closing in on 100 followers on Locker Room. Locker Room is a brand new app. We are one of the first to start using it. I think we might have one of the biggest followings on the whole app right now, which I'm pumped about. Uh, so it's been great to have the attendance there. Tomorrow night we'll be talking more a little bit about uh, we'll get on Locker and we'll talk a little bit about the box and the offseason. And maybe I'll even give you some draft nuggets to kick things off. I know we're not quite ready to turn the page on the Super Bowl, but if you've got some questions on that, uh, we'll tackle that as well. So make sure you download Locker and follow Peter Report, and uh, you should get notified. I'll send you an invite when we go live on there so you can jump in and talk some Bucks football with us. You know, Scott, I want to. I want to go ahead. I'm sorry. Speaking of the Super Bowl, I, I just we just want to um, just. Just talk for a quick second. I'm not going to take up a bunch of time, but um, uh, my mom, she passed away October 20th, right after the Bucks-Packers game in in week uh, six. And and boy, she would have loved this Super Bowl because she still has a bunch of friends back in Kansas City. You know, we grew up. My first football game was a Chiefs game. I uh, it was cool to see Christian Okoye there at uh, at the stadium last night. He was one of my, my first favorite football players uh, when I hurt my knee. Uh, playing football, I went to the Chiefs doctor for the surgery, and I met Christian Okoye and in the waiting room, and it was just a really cool experience for me as a high school kid meeting my first NFL player, and and, and my mom gave me my love of of sports, and when I took the job with with Peter Report, she became a Buccaneer fan like that, read just about everything I've ever written, was a huge supporter for me, 
And uh, she would have absolutely, this is my mom, Judy, right there, uh, with, with her her hero, uh, Rondi Barber. Uh, Rondi was cool enough to, to sign this picture that was taken at training camp one year. And uh, happy birthday, Judy. Thanks for being a great fan. So that was it was really cool for for her to to switch allegiances from the Chiefs to the Buccaneers. But boy, what a Super Bowl that would have been for her to see. I know she saw it up in heaven, had mm-hmm. had some, some great seats. Uh, but uh, just wanted to share that it's it's been tough not talking to mom after Bucks games because that's the time where she would always call me driving home from the stadium, whatever. Not that she would have called me last night at two in the morning, um, <laughs> but she would have been really pumped to see the Bucks win. So mm-hmm. um, you know th- this this twenty fifth season. Of me covering the bucks just for you, mom. Yeah, absolutely. That's She's awesome. a good lady, man. I I, uh, I do miss your mom. I, I uh, yeah. she was she was always she always liked me for whatever reason, even when you didn't like me, Scott. Mom, wow, what a true saint. You're a likable guy, you know. Mm, moms do tend to like me till I start dating their daughters, then they hate me. But <laughs> anyway, I just want to say uh, a, a quick non-scripted plug. Um, great time and turnout at Glory Days. Last yes. Saturday for our, our, our thing, we had Celsius out there. Our good friends Briar and Sam Greaves came out. Uh, you know, give Briar and Sam a call if you've got any any need. Celsius was there. They had their crew. They had uh, some very very attractive Celsius um, promotions ladies out there as well. Um, there's some photos up on 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 different websites with that. But uh, no, great time with with everybody out there. It was, it was fun meeting the people from glory days and the food was excellent. Scott, it was so good. I went back tonight to the one here in Brandon and, yep. uh, I didn't even really look over the menu on Saturday. Yeah. I just went by and picked up people's wings that I wanted, but I actually, uh, yeah. had a great meal today. They had a, um, a pan seared redfish, which I know you don't like mm-hmm. fish, Scott, but it was tremendous with a caper sauce and I had a baked potato with it. And more importantly, a $5 24 ounce margarita. Maybe that's why I'm so animated right now. Maybe that's why I'm going to pass out as soon as this podcast is over. Maybe that's why I'm going to rip my shirt off and go howl at the moon. I don't know. But uh, they did not skimp on the tequila. It was tremendous. But it's $5, guys. $5. Six if you want the strawberry. But it's amazing. This is all day, every day. Same thing with sangria. And take a jug home for $20. That's outrageous to go order. So anyway. Quick plug to those guys, uh, Celsius, of course, Briar Reeves. Thanks for showing up and uh, and supporting Pewter Report. And you know what? I'm I'm happy for a guy like Briar and Sam because they've been Buccaneer fans for a for a long, long time. And so, anyway, while we're all prat- patting ourselves on the back and happy, and the fans are all happy, you know, we're always happy when our Pewter Report supporters and advertisers also get to see their team win because they're real fans out there as well. So right. anyway, one, one thing we I didn't got, do guys. yesterday, Scott, that we should do to, to wrap up this podcast is our game balls. We didn't hand them out yesterday because we had so many other things to talk about and because yes. we didn't have Mark cook on the podcast and we needed him to be able mm. to do that. So let's hand yeah. out our game balls. But before we do that, Scott, we've got a little shout out from our friends at Manscaped, don't we? That's right. And the reason why we didn't do game balls last night, John, if we're being completely transparent about it is, I didn't want to have to explain at the security checkpoint why I would be bringing my ball trimmer to the that stadium. Would have been a very interesting conversation that I would have loved I don't know to have recorded. Gone through security, you know. But but uh, the, the the great thing is is here we are talking about game balls presented by Manscaped. Now listen, fellas, we're in the thick of winter. Not here in Florida because it's nice and sunny, but up north, like where my daughter Ellie is, it's seven degrees in Manhattan, Kansas, and this, the winter storm what? is brewing. It looks like one to three inches are in the forecast, especially 
when you trip that hibernation bush down there that's taking place in your pants. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped, I don't write the copy, folks. I just read it. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped specialize in products. Are you saying you can add one to three with the trim? I'm not sure what you meant by that. No, you can take it off. You can trim that hibernation bush. Oh, you can trim one to three. And that'll make you appear. Yeah, okay, I get it. That's a good idea. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a legit reason to invest in Manscaped. Right. Yeah. So you guys want a live display right now? Because I got my no, razor no, right here. Oh, no, no? going with that not. ad read. Don't want okay. it. But listen, Manscaped, and you've probably seen the commercials with Gronk. They're funny. It's cool that he's a, a Manscaped uh, promotions guy. But Manscaped, they're here to provide the best tools for your grooming experience, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. This is what I'm talking about, folks. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is the best hygiene for the modern man because of the, the ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology, the snags in your snowballs are going to be reduced. The trimmer is also waterproof. You can take it in the shower with you and do it. And you can trim in the jacuzzi. If you're a savage, that's fine. Manscaped's performance package is the best buy of 2021. Now, what is the performance package? Well, it comes with the lawnmower 3.0 weed whacker, uh, ear and hair and nose trimmer and performance boxer briefs that I actually had on during the game. Uh, yesterday and this really cool travel bag this travel bag is called the shed and it comes with this awesome uh ball reviver and crop preserver so you get the weed whacker 3.0 i'm sorry you get the uh lawnmower a little more 3.0 and all of these goodies plus the shed in the performance package and if you want the weed whacker uh, they can do this they also have got this tremendous cologne called refined by manscaped and all of those tremendous products are available at manscaped.com have you ever noticed those those nasty nose hairs john you probably haven't you're not as as advanced and seasoned in in age as mark and i but nothing nasty about this appearance i know Mm. but trust Mm. me it's coming okay come on Scott. jeez it's called age my friend you can run but you can't hide unless you're tom brady (laughs) um but the cool thing is you can get all this stuff at manscaped Dot com and you can save 20% off. So how do you save the 20% off and get free shipping? Use the promo code pewter. So when you go to manscaped.com, use the promo code pewter. Um, it will also throw in, just because we're nice and we know that you like Pewter Report, we'll also throw in pewterreport.com t-shirts. We got Ooh. these available in white, black, and gray. All you have to do is email me at srpewterreport.com. Easy to remember, srpewterreport.com. With your proof of purchase, no um, financial information on there whatsoever, so you're cool. Just ask send your address, that to me. and and we'll we'll send the shirt to you as well. So, guys, Valentine's Day is around the corner. It's this weekend. If um if you don't know what to tell your wife or girlfriend to get you, tell her Manscaped. Ladies, if you're out there watching, not quite sure what to get the man in your life, get a Manscaped. I never thought in a million years, and and this is not on the script. This is me speaking to you as a oh boy, oh, your grooming. I'm afraid. Right. I never thought in the world that I would want or need this. And once I've started using it, it's legit. Am I am I kidding, I, guys? I, or I told you, you aren't kidding. I years, told Scott. you that before they signed up to promo with us. But I'm glad that you've discovered that and that it's changed your life, Scott. I, yeah. sh- I shared a room with you for ten years in Mobile. I could have told you that in in 2010. You needed to all right. Time game. for the game balls. Yeah. <laughs> time for the game balls today. We are uh, about 24, uh, more than 20. Well, uh, less than 24 hours out from the end of the Super Bowl. We've got one on offense, one on defense, and we are overtime for this podcast, so we got to move quickly 
Mark, you want to kick things off with your game balls, offense and defense. Tom Brady, how can you go without it? Scott and I picked him for the game MVP. We yep. knew it was going to be Mahomes. Or it was going to be Brady. Whoever won, it was going to be. That's an easy one. My uh, my defensive one is not going to be is going to be a bit of a surprise. But I'll just call in what you called him in your article earlier today. Deuces, my man. Antoine Winfield Jr. Love that guy. Love his swagger. Love his bravado. Love his, you know, sticking it to Tyreek Hill and uh, and flashing him the the peace sign. Um, he absolutely deserved that. The little jerk. Anyway, big uh, big Winfield fan. They had a great game. Obviously, I mean Shaq, Devin, Levante. There's just Todd Bowles. Technically, should get the game ball. But anyway, that's my pick. Anyway, next Scott. Scott. All right. Um, I'm going to go with Shaq Barrett. He just, you know. Got after Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> pushed oh. him all day, got him sacked once, multiple <laughs> hits. I, I'm sorry, I love Shaq. He's he's one of my favorite dudes in the team. That is how he talks, though. That and, monotone voice. Oh. Yeah, he, but no, he, after the game, did you hear him on NFL? I know, he was but just, even I then, was he was so exuberant, funny. but he still had that same cadence yeah. in his speech pattern. Yeah. He does yeah. have that cadence. It's very disturbing. Could you imagine being his kid and him sitting you down to lecture you? You gotta do better in you school. Fall, you fall asleep, Dad. You can't I swear be talking to God, crap. I'm not do it again. Right. Shut up, Dad. Right. Yes. Stop, stop telling me what to do. <laughs> all right, so yeah, Shaq. Anybody gets after the quarterback, I love. I'm all about defense. I'm all about defensive line. So yeah, he he gets my vote. And then obviously Brady for Mark's reasons. We picked him as the MVP. Yeah, the great choices. I'm going to go with Tristan Wirfs on offense. Obviously, you guys are right about Brady, but I'm going to go with Tristan Wirfs just because I think, man, in the Super Bowl for the rookie to be the best player on the field, potentially in the entire game, I think that's crazy. Like, the dude was just <laughs> unbelievable. I'm watching the tape, but I'm just – he's literally just picking guys up in the run game. And that's not even – he's been better in pass pro than the run game, I think, this season. But, he, I mean, he's been dominant in both. But just watching him just crush people, uh, and he's starting to get better technically, bring his feet up underneath him, hand placement, playing with leverage consistently – I mean, it's just terrifying what this guy can become. I literally think he can be the best tackle in the entire league. Uh, yeah. Right or left side, that doesn't matter. You know, both sides are equally valuable in today's NFL. And so I, I have been blown away by him and his performance. And then defensively, obviously a ton of deserving choices. You could pick basically anybody out there. But I really think that Levante David's game is being kind of overshadowed. Just because of that, I want to give him a shout-out. Everybody's talking about Devin White and Jack Barrett, who are deserving and were unbelievable. Angela Winfield was great. Carlton Davis turned it around in, in a game after his last game against the Chiefs. I love that storyline for him. We haven't even barely touched on that yet. But, man, I just think Levante David's been so long-suffering. He made so many big plays, broke up a couple of passes. He had the pressure on the interception, I think, I'm pretty sure, on the tip from Edwards to Winfield. He had a pressure uh, earlier in the game as well when they blitzed him. He was really effective in this game just in everything that he did. Devin White had a tackle for loss, I think, in the second half. Levante David was the one that took out the polar and the lead blocker. He just kind of took them both out. White cleaned it up. He does so many little things that you yeah. don't watch unless you study the tape that he that are just so important for this team and allow Devin White to be what he is and other guys to be what they are. I love yep. what he brings to the team. I think it's great stuff. Yep. All right, that's it for us on the, yeah, this on. edition. Well, we, hold on, we, yeah. we got two big super chats. Uh, one to Buccaneer Bruce, whose birthday was yesterday. Super Bowl was his best present. He's out there in minus eight degree wind chill in Overland Happy Park. Happy birthday to people you. scout at me wearing a Bucks jacket. And then we also have another great super chat from uh, Crown for QH. My father watched his last Super Bowl in Tampa yesterday as he is in terminal status. Ah. This was amazing. Such a magical moment. We lost our voices. Uh, certainly 
prayers and well wishes towards you. Um, I, I know the feeling and, and it, and it sucks, but, um, just like my mom got to see a fantastic Bucks win over the Packers, 38 to 10. Uh, hopefully you can find some solace in a Super Bowl win uh, for your dad. So um, hang in there. It will get better. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, important stuff there and good stuff there. And uh, guys, from now on on the podcast, I don't know if uh, you're aware of this, but there's a new tradition going on in the Peter Report podcast. Of course, we will continue to say out at the end of the podcast, but also in honor of uh, our friend, Mr. Antoine Winfield Jr., we'll be throwing up the deuces sign uh, when we exit the podcast and all of you in the chat, feel free to throw it on up. Oh, some of you already have. You read my mind before you said it. (laughs) Throw up those deuces on your way out in the comments. We'll be back Wednesday with uh, another awesome edition of the pewter report podcast. Out. Out. Rick's always out.